Hey guys, it's Kelly, and I want to welcome you back to the Unbroken Podcast. So, a lot of things have been going on, and I haven't really talked much about it, and I just, I feel like it's time. I've gone through a lot in my life, and obviously, a lot of people have hurt me, and these people say some pretty nasty things about me, to say the least. And I never fought back because I just didn't care. I felt like it was giving them energy that I just, I didn't want to give them. That even getting angry about it was giving them more energy than they deserved to have. So... I just brushed it off. I let my parents say the things that they said. I let my family say the things that they said, even exes and people that I'm no longer friends with. And I just brushed it off my shoulders, straightened my crown, and just went on about my day. But with things that have been going on recently in my life, I had a conversation about it with my husband and said, I am just so tired of allowing people to say these things and never saying anything about it, never giving my version of events, never sticking up for myself. Like how long am I supposed to go on in this life and just be okay with that. So I am going to do that now. Um, I've had a situation similar to this happen before, and I did speak up. I made quite a few podcast episodes about them, and um, they were three women that um, went after me, said some pretty nasty things, and um, took things to a very dangerous level that um, the people investigating thought I might not have survived. I talk about them frequently when I say my most loyal listeners, it's them that I'm talking about, but it's been peaceful from them. I've got to admit that. I don't really think they pay much attention to me anymore, and if they do, dude, it's really whatever. Um, This time is different because what I went through and the things that I experienced, I'm seeing it happen in other ways on social media. So I'm sharing this Because I also want to raise awareness that this can happen to other people. And there's been talks about it happening, just so many things. So I recently had been in a cult. Obviously, I did not know at the time that it was a cult. I ignored red flags that I now see and should not have ignored. And it essentially has taken about a year away from my life. I 
have been stuck in fight or flight and another trauma response called freeze. And I've just been frozen. I lost interest in doing a lot of things, um, recording these episodes being one of them, as I'm sure many people have noticed. I post maybe once a month now. I just essentially lay in bed and binge watch old TV shows that I've seen dozens and dozens of times. I can't... um, I can't watch new shows. The unpredictability of them is just too much. I am completely traumatized by the show Suits. I don't know why. (laughs) I wish I could understand it. Um, Me and my therapist actually laughed about it because I, um, I cannot get through the Ted Bundy tapes because they put me to sleep. I just get so relaxed and you know typical female um but suits is the one that's the one that gives me nightmares um but I think it's because of everything that I've gone through and I've suffered a great deal of trauma my trauma was exploited in this cult and they knew things that Nobody should know. And. Oh. I was doxxed. In a way that I have never seen before. And. They found the high school. That I. Had gone to. It was. Very unusual. That they were able to obtain that information. Because I'm not considered an alumni at that high school because I only went there for um, maybe two semesters. Um, It was senior year and um, about a half a semester. Um, I have searched as much as I can to find any record online that links me to this high school and I just can't. I don't know how they found this information. Um, I also was under a different name when I attended this high school too. So um, that obviously was quite shocking and absolutely terrifying. And obviously my mind went directly to that these people were in contact with my parents I just can't see any other way how they could figure this out. And that fear was horrible. I have been terrified now to ever go live on TikTok to make a video to do anything. My account, I deleted it for a little while and then... I didn't want to lose all the videos, so I came back and I kept it on private. And it's been that way for many months. Um, I left around March, and I remember being on the phone with one of the other cult members, and I don't know exactly what came over me in that moment. Um... 
but I just snapped out of whatever trance that I had been in, for lack of a better word, and was like, I don't like you. I don't like any of these people. I don't have people like this in my life. Like, I don't know why I'm trying so hard to just please everyone. And I hung up with that person and I blocked them. I blocked everyone else. I made a quick exit and just moved on. At least I tried. Around that same time, I had opened up my nonprofit and I kind of hyper-focused on that. Um, <laughs> it is a lot of paperwork to open a nonprofit <laughs> and run a business, let me tell you. It was not something I was prepared for, but um, once everything's in place, it's going to be so worth it. Um, but... The leader of the cult, I'm not going to say their name. Um, anyone that's followed me knows I don't say names of anything. They had a very um, minimal following, actually. They aren't a very huge account. I had more followers on my TikTok than they did, but they had a strong following. And night after night, there was this uncontrollable urge to get into their life and to either watch from afar, watch under a fake account, or watch under my main account. But I just, I had to watch. No matter how much I wanted to turn away, no matter how much I didn't want to be involved, I couldn't stop myself. And I'm not entirely understanding of why but I am again working on that with my therapist in fact there was a live not too long ago with the member that I had been on the phone with and said you know I didn't even like them um and the leader and they were basically saying a lot of nasty things about me that had no basis of truth and I had a friend that had reached out to me to let me know and was urging me to go in and request to be a guest so that way I could clear my name. And I, I didn't. I tried very hard to fight this thing inside of me that kept on telling me to do it. I told my therapist that I had to meditate and while I was meditating to stop myself, I pictured my hands laying on my nightstand and imagined shoving knives into them so I couldn't move. Um, I had to go to a very drastic level to stop. A few days later, talking to the friend that had reached out to me, and they weren't trying to drag me into it. I think it was more of a, hey, I just want to let you know this is going on kind of thing. Um, I said, you know, I'm glad I didn't go in there because anybody that would believe those things that were said about me, and they were very far-fetched. Like, it wasn't, 
hey, she's just a bitch or a bad person, blah, blah, blah. Like, it was very far-fetched things that they were saying that I was doing. And um, I was like, anyone that's going to believe them, there's nothing I can say that's going to change anybody's opinion. And I just let it go. I didn't pay in pay any mind to it I didn't call this person that was saying those things to just be like hey dude what are you doing I just let it go um but the trauma is still there and the trauma has been there my life for the past year has just been fog I don't remember a lot of things I would be on the phone with the leader of this cult and I would look at the last time I would have taken my anxiety medicine, which I take pretty regularly, and I would completely miss doses. And I take them every six hours. Um, and then I would sit there and not even realize that I had been on the phone that long and then not even remember the entire phone conversation. I, I got dragged in in a very fucked up way. My, my French, please. Um, I made a comment that I did not like this person. And that is when the attacks from their followers started. And essentially my account went dead because I was in a permanent shadow ban. My videos were getting taken down. My lives were getting taken down. Things that have not happened in the three years since I've been on TikTok. Um, I've had some videos taken down, but I deserved it. <laughs> there were some that were pretty graphic and I probably shouldn't have posted. Um, that was a more political uh, TikTok, and I was showing videos of people being attacked, leaving um, a rally. But this was different. It was videos of me sharing my story, videos of me giving awareness. Um, there was a live that I was doing with some of the wives that I was friends with when my husband was in the military taken down for hateful behavior we were listening to Michael Jackson. Um, my friend, that is like one of her favorite singers. <laughs> and I mean, these, the reasons given behind why the videos and lives were getting taken down was just ridiculous. It didn't match what I was doing. So obviously I was being mass reported. <sighs> um, I wanted to make nice. I thought that if I reached out to this person, that if I talked to them and basically apologized for certain things that I had said, um, that it would be okay and I could just live my life. But it was a mistake to do that. Not to apologize, um but to actually talk to the person. The first phone call was quite a few hours, I think over three. 
And I started off by saying, you know, I didn't want to be friends, but I didn't want to be enemies and asked if she would let her followers know that we had talked and worked things out. And I agreed to unblock her so she could have access to my page anytime she wanted and that I wouldn't talk about her if she didn't talk about me. End of story. And it was just going to be like that. I wanted it to stay that way. And if I could go back in time, I would have kept it that way. This was about a year ago. Um, I wouldn't say that we ended up creating a friendship between us because it definitely was not a friendship. But there was something. And it turned into me talking to this person on a semi-daily basis. And being in their lives, being a part of their lives. Um, I saw it as a way to educate people. They were talking about a case that they believe is human trafficking, and they were essentially twisting the official definition of human trafficking to fit the narrative that they were trying to push. So I thought, hey, maybe I could do some, you know, alive with you and educate and talk about different signs they can look for if they see a victim, whether it's on a social media post or um, out in public, different things like that. Talked about symbols that are commonly used by human traffickers. I have an episode about that, about Instagram and the emojis. Um, that was one of the things, and, um, I, I thought that I was helping people, and I stuck around, um, because of that, and people would ask questions and all sorts of things, and I, I thought I was helping. That particular case I did not believe was human trafficking. I was very vocal about that, um, I didn't say that I agreed with what was going on or that nothing bad was happening. But as for the legal definition of human trafficking, it just did not fit. Um, I tried to stay away and I tried to keep my contact and involvement as minimal as I could. But if I went a few days without talking to anybody, there was something that would happen that would draw me back in. They would have people come on and say things in the comments, making accusations against me. And I felt I needed to come in and tell this person that they're not. <laughs> you know, what they're saying isn't true. And... um I'm sorry if I'm going to repeat this, but my audacity crashed on me. And I don't remember if I had said that in this recording or the one before it crashed. But they had this person come in and they were saying some very disgusting things about me. And I, I had to meditate and imagine my hand sitting on my nightstand and me stabbing knives through my hands so I couldn't move them to stop me from going on to my main account and going in and defending myself to this person 
I think I already said it, and I'm sorry that I'm repeating it, but th this is what this has done to me. My memory is shot right now. I'm still, like, in a daze. Um, and that was kind of when I think I started to realize so many different things, that this was a pattern, that this particular person would come on and say nasty things about members that were trying to leave the cult. And it would cause those members to come in and to essentially expose that they had been secretly watch watching and also get wrapped up in it all again. I was on the phone with this person back in March. Um, again, sorry if I'm repeating. And I was like, I don't even like you. I don't like any of you guys. You just aren't the type of people that I keep in my life. You, your content, the things you do goes against everything I stand for. I don't know why I'm still doing this. And that's when I blocked everyone and walked away. Um, I've been stuck, like I said, in flight or fight and freeze um, and completely traumatized. Um, the phone calls with the leader, I was in a trance. I don't know a better word. That is a word that my therapist told me um, when I would describe the things that would go on on that phone call or the phone calls, I guess. Um, and I was completely consumed. I was sleep deprived while I was in the cult. I wasn't sleeping. I was barely even thinking for myself. It was just this constant thing. I had gotten swatted multiple times, which I now know were from the cult leader. And I had been doxxed, like I said. I had been stalked. I found out that she had other members go to an address of mine that I no longer live at and haven't lived at in 10 years and somehow was able to confirm that I currently live there, which I do not. <laughs> um, the cult leader even was bold enough to tell me that she had tried to find where I live. And it just, it just made me realize like everything was recorded, screenshots of every conversation. Anyone that knows me knows I hate texting. I have very bad arthritis in my hands, nerve damage. I have problems seeing, I just do better talking. Um, those phone calls were recorded or somebody else was on the line that I didn't know. Like they would make a three-way and put their phone on mute. Um, and if they basically, they got to know your secrets and got to know things about you. And they knew... They knew one of my biggest fears is being found and that I'm constantly, constantly on the move, um, which I've spoken about multiple times. Um, but I explained in more detail to them the things that my parents have done um, when they have found me. Um, so giving 
given that they knew that, they would use that against me. And that's how the swatting came into effect. They did not know my actual address. From what I know, they still do not know it. Um, my police department had contacted me and had told me that there was swatting calls coming in. I have had police protection since March, actually since before then. Um, a police officer sits outside of my apartment building. Um, so when the swatting calls came in, he would just come upstairs and let me know um, because I guess, I'm trying to think of how he, he, he basically said that what was said in the 911 call um, he knew wasn't happening because he would have heard it essentially, I guess. Um, I have had people come up to me in public that recognize me from these lives. I don't believe that they did. Um, I've had so many phone calls. I've had other people reach out to me that I don't even know who they are, but they have all my info. I've had my identity stolen. I've had, I mean, this year has been a lot. And um, it's scary because there, there's something in me and I've, I've had it before where I just thought to myself, like it'd just be easier and safer for my husband and my children if I went back to my parents. And I got that feeling again, like if I just went back to the cult that they'd be safer, I'd be safer because all this would stop. Obviously, I'm not going to do that because I've learned <laughs> that it's not going to stop. I have not been well. I've been terrified so much. I don't want, I don't want to talk about what happened. I don't want to talk about my story. And I don't know why. I, I thought I had said everything I could say. I had convinced myself that's what it was, but there's a lot more to my story that I want to say. Um, I'm just not ready. Um, I couldn't record. I would sit at my desk and my husband bought me a beautiful new desk and a new chair um, and everything so I could record and also for the business. Um, but I would sit in this chair and it felt like so much stuff just came crashing down on me and I froze. I couldn't say anything. I would just sit here and it wouldn't come out. It wouldn't make sense. In fact, the past, I don't even know how many episodes. I don't even know what I said in them. I don't even remember recording them. Obviously, I know I did when I checked my analytics. Um, I think that's how you say that word. But I just don't want to do anything. I just feel like I can't move. Like, I just watched... TV shows that I've seen a thousand times I will only talk to a handful of people and 
all of those people are people that I've known really well and I trust. I don't want to just talk to anybody anymore. And it has been so unbelievably hard. And I don't know what all of it means just yet. I just, I know what happened and I know it was horrible, but I think there's things that went on that I don't remember. And I think that's one of the most terrifying things. I know I had a couple of episodes that I was recording and I would have to go because I was just dissociating and um, just getting so anxious that I couldn't even finish the episode. Um, I tried listening back to them, and it's it's just weird. I barely even recognize my own voice. And I, for a long time, I thought that it was having my teeth removed that was causing all of this. Um, my teeth, it's, it, it all started with the trafficking and when I was trafficked and they just gradually got worse and worse until there was pretty much no saving them. Um, but doing therapy three times a week kind of got me to see that it, it wasn't that. It was this cult. Um, I just, I wanted to talk about it. And I want to talk about it more because this whole thing is not uncommon on social media. And kids are getting caught up in cults by cult leaders that are, I, I don't even know how sometimes they're getting to them, um, end of world kind of things, um, terrifying them in other ways. Um, and one, there is an account on TikTok that talked about it. It's the 746. Um, Colt, it's on Discord. I looked into it myself and found posts about it on Reddit dating back at least two years. So it's been going on for a while. And um, parents are starting to see it and are getting hopeless on how to protect their children. Um, there's another man that is kind of an end-of-times cult leader there's a lot of minors that are involved with that. Um, but it's like so easy now for cults to get people because they, they have 24-7 access to them because of social media. And my expertise is not in cults. I do have a lot of friends that are cult survivors that help explain things to me. I've been doing research because there is trafficking within cults. Um, and it's scary. But cults aren't the only problem and the only danger on social media. Sex traffickers are on there too. And other predators. Um, and it's just absolutely terrifying at how easy it is and 
one night just mindlessly scrolling i i i don't even know like how i ended up on this side of tiktok but i was just doing my thing and it was video after video of new trafficking tactics <laughs> and i'm like god messaging a friend of mine that also owns a nonprofit, and i was just like where do they come up with this stuff and it's it turn it's turning into a thing where if somebody has like millions of views on something then it's automatically the truth which isn't anything at all it doesn't mean nothing but the threat is so close to home and it is in the 90 percent tile like upper 80s lower 90s that traffickers um or trafficking victims know they're traffickers they're not reported missing in most cases i've said that so many times i was never reported missing even when I escaped and later got kidnapped, I was not reported missing. Um, but it's like, if it isn't the parents, which more times than not it is, if it's like a coach or um, one of their family members, they get returned home at night. So why would they get reported missing? But it's like people, I think they're taking the hidden in plain sight thing just a little too far um and they're forgetting the hidden part of it i just watched a video it has over i think it close to two million views a woman was at a grocery store with her family and these people were chasing after her videotaping her facetiming her with somebody able to see her I'm not doubting this woman's story. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she's telling the truth. At least I would hope so. Um, but that's not traffickers. That could be anything. That could be any kind of predator. But that is not the norm. And the snatch and grab in public kind of trafficking, kidnapping, is so rare. And... I don't understand, like, I was talking to a friend the other night, and I said, like, sex trafficking is so horrific and such a horrible thing. I don't understand why people have to make it worse than it is with these rumors. Um, it just doesn't make sense to me. Maybe me living through it and knowing the ins and outs and... Um, experiencing trafficking in two different ways, one being familial and another being groomed and kidnapped. Maybe that's why I can see it the way I do, but I'm just like, it just doesn't make sense. And I want to leave nasty comments. I don't, but that urge is there. And that's from the cult. Um... Because if anyone disagreed with the cult, you had to attack. Which is just, again, not like me. Um, but I'm recovering. I'm trying to get past the anxiety and the fear of posting and recording. 
I do do a podcast on Friday nights with a good friend of mine. It is a very different version of me. <laughs> we joke, we laugh, we talk about politics sometimes, we talk about other things. Um, very rarely do we talk about trafficking. I, uh, it's like a safe space. It's where I don't have to be Kelly, the survivor. And I fell in love with doing it with him. Um, and I thought it was because of that, that I needed a space where I wasn't the survivor and that I just need, I just needed it, but I, I'm starting to dig and peel back the layers and realize that that is who I am. I am the survivor of sex trafficking, not the, uh, survivor of sex trafficking. It's not my identity. Um, it is mainly my presence on social media is talking about my story, but I'm not doing it because I want some kind of notoriety or to be, um, famous for my trauma. I just don't want anyone to have to go through it again. And I lost that because of the cult. And I hate that I lost that. I hate that when I try to talk about my story, unless it's in a joking manner, um, I mean, that's, I don't think that's really the right words, but unless, you know, it's just the way with my co-host, I don't have to talk about it in the same way that I do here. Um, I just, I can't, I can't, I, like I said, I sit in this chair and I got my mic set up and I start shaking and crying and I mean... I'm crying watching TV. I'm crying all the time. And I'm not sad. I'm not depressed. I'm just traumatized. And I'm trying to figure it all out. I think this episode sucked. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure I repeated myself a bunch. But like I said, in the middle of recording, I had about 25 minutes of an episode recorded uh, my audacity crashed and I had to restart my computer and I lost it all so um, I'm just gonna leave this raw I hate editing <laughs> it's one of the things I hate the most and it's funny because my friends that are podcasters always ask my um, advice or you know if I know how to do certain things with editing I'm like you're asking the wrong person I don't edit um, used to, in the beginning, I had my entire episode scripted out and I read from that script and edited it, but I like the raw, just sitting here talking, telling my side of the story and telling my truth and everything in between and just winging it. There's so many times that I would sit down and not even have a topic and I would just look up and be like, oh shit, it's been like 40 minutes. <laughs> I love my pod, I love this podcast. I love my nonprofit, um, the After the Last Sale Foundation. Still trying to get off the ground. Um, a lot of paperwork, like I said, and dealing with the IRS whom I hate. <laughs> um, it's, it's been a rough few months for me. Um, 
I'm going to try to record more. And I'm going to try to get out of this funk, whatever I'm stuck in. Um, going to work on the PTSD of surviving this cult and getting away. I'm going to put my safety plans in place, as I always do, and change them as needed. And I'm going to live my life. I've said it many times before that I have already survived the worst thing that could ever happen to me. And that is what my parents did to me. Nothing can get worse than your own parents, the people that are supposed to love you, supposed to protect you, selling you for those these horrific things, for sex, for torture, for little sick, demented, twisted games that these people would play. But what's been happening over the past year is just something I've never experienced and I'll get through it and I'll work with my therapist and I hopefully will come out on top like I always do. I said a long time ago when I was dealing with another set of people that um, were doing some pretty nasty things to put it nicely. Um, the plan was not for me to survive. We'll just leave it at that. Um, I don't know how to do anything else but survive because that's all I've known. And I talk a lot about how the trafficking with my parents was my normal. And I think my new normal is surviving. I just got to find the strength. So I guess I will leave it there for tonight i know i've rambled i know i've repeated myself i've jumped back and forth through topics i'm just asking please be patient um my heart is broken because people i really cared about hurt me um scared all the time and i'm just frozen and i lost a year of my life because of all of this but if you take anything away from this episode take the fact that it's happening everywhere on social media and in other places too i joined well i don't want to say joined because nobody joins a cult i joined a cause that i believed in and i wanted to help people I wanted to educate. I wanted to do good. And it ended up being a cult and completely destroying my soul. I regret a lot of things. And I don't think the people that I said nasty things to are on here listening. But if they are, I apologize deep down to the deepest depths of my heart for the part that I played I wasn't a willing participant I was just going through motions that were programmed that was I was supposed to behave that way that's what the cult leader wanted and um, 
I don't know. I'm just going to ramble more if I keep on going. So I will leave it there. Thank you so much for being patient with me and listening to this insane episode (laughs) that probably made no sense. Maybe it did. I don't know. Um, I don't even remember half the stuff that I said. I've been dissociating a lot and going through a lot of things with PTSD. It's been off the charts um, trying, but thank you so much for all the continued love and support, especially from the people that have been there from the beginning and that have continued to stick by my side over the past three years. Y'all have no idea what that means to me. I have never had a, a, I don't want to say circle. Um, I've never had a group of good people that truly care about me surrounding me like this before. And it helps me get through the day. And that day when I snapped out of everything and was able to stick up for myself to the person on the phone is because of you guys and because of the support. You have given me the power to see strength that I had in me that I forgot was there and that I've had all along. So thank you, because it means the world. And um, I will talk with y'all soon. Hope you have a good night.